Amen. Well, here we go. We are in this series called Living with Leverage. Could you please say Living with Leverage? Living with leverage. And I want to talk to you tonight about this leverage. We're in this six-part series uh, using 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 6. Paul lists six things that he uses for leverage. And, and you know what? I just love having leverage. And when we're talking about leverage, we're talking about an advantage. Don't you love having advantages over other people? I mean, can I get a witness out there? I mean, I love having an advantage because here's what happens. It's having leverage or having an advantage. It's like having a secret weapon. How many of you just, when I say secret weapon, you automatically perk up because you can't not love secret weapons. I mean, it's not like you go, hey, check out this secret weapon, and you're like, I hate it. Nobody hates secret weapons. Nobody's like, secret weapons are lame. No, everybody on the planet, including grandmas, love secret weapons. And I, I when you have leverage, you guys, it's like having this advantage. It's like having a secret weapon. And you guys, this year at our summer camp, we had a secret weapon. How many of you guys went to summer camp this last summer? Come on, let, let's go. Yeah, there we go. Okay, and you guys were there. How many of you guys watched the, the staff versus camper student basketball game? Come on, you guys remember this? Here's the deal. Here's how secret weapons usually work, okay? Secret weapons, you know, uh, they happen to be secret. That's why they call them secret weapons. It's really, you know, ingenious how that works. But here's what happens. The students are kind of looking us youth pastors up and down, and they're kind of like, Brian's okay. He's kind of this tall. Let's see you jump, Brian. I'm like, I just did. No, they're like, seriously, get off the air. I'm like, I did. You know, and they're like, okay, his vertical's like negative, you know, and, and, and they're, you know, they're just kind of looking us up and down, and, and they're like, we are going to smoke these suckers. You know, these students are talking smack to us. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just nuts. And, and I, Jonathan Robinson, who's not here, but man, he was, he was like, Brian, I think we're going to take you guys. And you know, Jonathan, he's not this big talker. He's just like, says it as it is. He's just like, Brian, I think we're going to take you guys, you know, like, so there. I'm like, oh, great. Ha <laughs> ha. You know, and so, um, but here we are. The students are looking us up and down. They're like, we're going to take you. And I saw some of them. I saw some of these kids, man, from Tillamook, some of these other kids. And they're, they're, they're ballers, man. And, and so Cody and I were playing. You know, I'm practicing my free throws and I'm airballing them. And it's just not, just not a good situation. Just because I can beat Dusty doesn't mean I can beat anybody else. Uh, so that says something about Dusty. But anyways, uh, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, they're looking us up and down, and, uh, and they're like, we're going to smoke you. And then all of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, we bust out with the secret weapon. That's right, you guys. When we let everybody know that we had a secret weapon, all of a sudden, out comes running in their nice little Puyallup four-square uniforms. We had Chad Veach. We had Andrew come out. And all of a sudden, the guest speakers of the camp come out. And Chad Veach, you know, he's like, you know, six foot something. He's more than my five foot something. And, you know, Andrew played uh, college division one college ball. And it was incredible because all of a sudden, every time the secret weapon is unleashed, guess what happens? Jaws drop. It's like the students are like, I'm going to take you. <gasps> oh, man, that's not fair. And all of a sudden, we started hearing them crying, 
Oh, yeah, well, guess what? If we didn't have and if you didn't, and we're like, yeah, well, shut up because we got the secret weapon. We're like, yeah, and all of a sudden, you know, we start, we start with just pastors, right? If you weren't there, we start with just the pastors, not Chad, not Andrew, and, and we're out there playing, and it's kind of a close game, and we're kind of turning the ball over, and then in comes the secret weapon, and all of a sudden, the score just starts, whoop, and all of a sudden, you know, Andrew's like making every shot. Chad's making all of his shots, and all of a sudden, the score, and it was just awesome to unleash the secret weapons, because when you have secret weapons, you have leverage. You have an advantage, and you can bet your bottom dollar baby that you're going to win the battle when you got yourself a secret weapon. And living with leverage is all about this idea that God designed you to have secret weapons. He designed you to have leverage. He designed you to live the life that you're living, not at a disadvantage, but with an advantage, with leverage, so that you could conquer anything that comes between you and the calling that God's placed on your life. It's living with leverage. And here's basically, when we're talking about leverage, if we were to define it, it's basically this, the power or ability to act or to influence people, events, and decisions. When you have leverage, there's an ability, there's a secret weapon about you that has power to conquer anything that comes in front of you. And so here's the big idea, living with leverage. This is what we're trying to tell you about. Here's the bottom line. If you're trying to get what we're talking about out of this six-week series, here's what it is. How you live does not change who Jesus is, but how you live does affect how easy or hard life is as you run the race and live the life that God designed specifically for you. So let me unpack that. How you live doesn't change who Jesus is, okay? No matter what you do, no matter how good or bad you are, Jesus is always the Savior of the world. Amen, somebody. Come on, that means you can smack your friend, and Jesus is still the Savior of the world. You can go rob your grandmama's piggy bank, and Jesus is still the Savior of the world. No matter what you do, no matter if you got saved, baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and you witnessed to 20 people, and they all got saved, and then you all gave, and then you gave all of them the middle finger. Even if you did all of those horrible things, after all those good things, it never changed. Changes. It never changes who Jesus is. How many of you are glad? Now, this should bring a smile to your face. How many of you are glad that no matter what you do or no matter what anybody else ever does, nothing can change who Jesus is? I mean, that's, that, that is some confidence right there. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the Savior of the world. But, however, this is where leverage gets involved. How you live doesn't change who Jesus is, but it does affect how good or how easy or how hard your life is to live the life that God's called you. In other words, here's the deal. If you live a certain way, you will have leverage. You will have a secret weapon. You will have Chad Veach in your back pocket. I mean, that sounds kind of weird. Pastor Chad, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. But here's the deal. It's like having a secret weapon where the devil looks at you, looks at your past, look at, looks at all the things that you've done, and he kind of looks you up and down. He's like, I'm going to take you out, sucker. And the devil's like, nah, nah, nah. and he's got his, he, he's kind of, uh, you know, licking his chops. And then you're like, bam! Secret weapon. Bam! What's up now? And all of a sudden, you bust out this leverage or this advantage where all of a sudden you have leverage to live the life that God's called you to. In other words, how you live, it doesn't change that Jesus is Lord. 
It absolutely does change whether or not you get to walk or run the race that God's called you to. And if you choose to live a certain way, if you choose to live full of sin, if you choose to live in disobedience, the race that God called you to will be a lot harder. But if you live a certain way, if you take these six principles that Paul talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 6, if you say, you know what, I'm going to apply these to my life, there will be a leverage or an advantage for you. So here's the bottom line, you guys, is that your lifestyle gives you leverage. Come on. Everyone say lifestyle. Come on. Everyone say leverage. Your lifestyle gives you leverage. Now, here's a quick question for you to think about. Is your lifestyle currently giving you leverage? What's your lifestyle like? If we were to, if we were to write out your lifestyle, if we were to describe you, you know, wh what do you do? How do you talk? Where do you walk? What do you do? What's your lifestyle? How would people describe you? What's going on in there? How would your lifestyle be described? Because your lifestyle gives you leverage. And I can tell you, man, I can tell you when my lifestyle has leverage, and I can tell you when my lifestyle is hindering what God wants to do. And here's what we're going tonight. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 6, we're going to, uh, read that in just a second. But Paul lists six things, and tonight we're talking about patience. And the title tonight is this, The Patience is Worth the Prize. The Patience is Worth the Prize. How many of you guys have heard this phrase, patience is a virtue? Come on, how many of you guys are, uh, you know, like, hurry up, and they're like, have patience. Why? Patience is a virtue. You know, I'm not really sure. Have you ever wondered what that actually means? What the heck are they even talking about? Patience is a virtue. What does that even mean? How does that affect, what, you know, anything about my, ah, patience is a virtue. So what? You know, hurry up. You know, I, I don't get it. I don't care what this virtue thing is. What, how does that work? Well, now, here's the deal. When we're talking about the patience is worth the prize, I want you to understand something. There's a lot of prizes that you can get based off of patience. Now, how many of you guys have ever taken music lessons? Come on. Anybody take music lessons? Right? Okay, my sister, she took piano lessons when she was a little kid. And I remember, I'm two years younger than my sister, and she would get ready, and she'd be like, Mom, I don't want to practice. And my mom's like, and uh, practice makes perfect. And like all these nice little Beaver Cleaver, Joan Cleaver, whatever, uh, uh, mom-type things, momisms. you know. Uh, has your mom ever given you a momism that makes you roll your eyes? Okay. Well, here's the thing. You know, and so my sister would be like, you know, whatever. And, and, uh, and she practices, she practices, and pretty soon she would go to her recital. And because my sister put in practice, she got the prize. How many of you know that if you put in patience, if you have patience with something, eventually you're going to get the prize? And if you're a musician, if you have patience and you put in the practice, you're eventually going to get the prize. And we've all seen, like, those dudes that are wannabe rock stars, right? They don't have the patience to practice. They just want to jam. And so they know, like, five riffs. They're like, chick, 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 and so they write songs based off of the same riff. They're like, love, 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 hate, 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 love, 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 love. And that's all they know. And they're like, yeah, I can rock out. We're like, we're like no, you can't. You can only play two chords. They're like, yeah, but it's awesome. And they're like, why? Why? They're wannabe because they didn't have the patience to practice. And you have people all the time that are doing this. But there's other things. How about uh, family issues, right? Come on, now here's kind of a more serious thing. If you have patience with your family, how many of you know that eventually you'll get a prize? 
How many of you know it's, there's even a better prize than being a, a good musician? If you don't give up on your family, some of you feel like giving your parents the middle finger. Some of you are like, you know, who frustrates you when you try and communicate? Who, is it, who do you always get frustrated trying to communicate? Every time I ask that question, I go into schools and stuff and talk to students, and they're like, my parents. I'm like, okay, why is it frustrating to talk to your parents? They don't understand me. I'm like, okay, why don't they understand you? Because they're idiots, you know, and I'm like, oh, Okay, why do you think they're idiots? I don't know. It just, it's horrible. Oh, they frustrate me. And some, now listen, this is what happens. Some students get upset with their parents, and so they lose patience, and they give up. And guess what? They allow a terror to happen in their family. They say, Mom, Dad, you failed me. I hate you, Mom. I hate you, Dad. I'm done with you. And they cause a chasm. They cause a divide in the family that if they do not have patience with, that split is going to end up costing them in the long run. However, there are students that say, you know what? I am going to have patience with my family. I'm not going to give up on my mom. I'm not going to give up on my dad. I'm not going to give up on my brother. I'm not going to give up on my sister. I'm going to have patience with them. And I can tell you, friends, that I am here as a living proof of someone that does not give up or our family has not given up on each other. And do you know what the prize is? The prize is now I'm 33 years old, and I love hanging out with my parents. The prize is that I'm 33 years old, and the best time of my year is when my whole family gets together. We're going home for Christmas, and guess what? Some of you hate the idea of Christmas because you have to be around family. Guess what? If you'll be patient with your family, someday you'll get a prize, and that prize will be peace in the family. Now, it's not this kind of guarantee, but most of the time, listen, if you have patience, you're going to get a prize. But I'm here not as some motivational speaker tonight to be like, let's all have patience with the areas that we struggle with the most. Friends, I'm here to tell you tonight about Jesus. I'm here to tell you about the ultimate prize. I'm here to tell you, look at me, come on, that there is a prize that is bigger and better and more amazing than any kind of musician prize, even better than some kind of family prize. There is a prize that Paul talks about in Romans chapter 2. There's an ultimate prize that's more important. It's the greatest prize, and the prize is Jesus himself. I want you guys to look at Romans chapter 2. But before you do, I want everyone to look up here. I want everyone to look up here. Listen, listen. The patience is worth the price. If you will have patience, if you will endure, if you will not give up on Jesus, I'm about to show you a prize that you will never, ever regret. Come on. Romans chapter 2 verse 6 says this, and he will render or give or reward. He will render to each, each one according to his works. Now look at this. This might freak you out. To those who by patience in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give, look at this prize, eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. He says, listen, if you will have patience, if you will seek out the things of God, and you will endure, and you won't give up, and you won't go, forget this, it's too hard, I'm done, I don't have patience for God, I just need to get on. If you will have endurance, if you will have patience, listen, there's a prize called eternal life. Look at your friend and say, that is so much better than being a rock star. Come on, come on. That is so much better than being a rock star. Listen, some people are like, I'm going to try so hard. Some of you are like, I'm going to get into a great school. I'm going to study. I'm going to have patience. 
I'm going to work hard. I'm going to actually do my homework once or twice, you know. I'm going to, I'm going to get into a good school. And you're like, I'm going to get the prize of a good education. Listen, you guys, there is a prize. Look at me, everybody. There is a prize. I want you to think about this. There is a prize that many people give up on. The prize of Jesus Christ, many people say, you know what? I don't have patience for this. And they ditch the prize. I'm calling out you out today. I'm trying to show you, listen, that you must decide in your heart, I will have patience because the prize is worth the patience. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, you guys. Listen, this prize that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, it's on the screen there, verse 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I did not run aimlessly. I did not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. This is what Paul says. Paul says, man, I have captured the prize. Paul got this idea. I mean, let, let's, let's go on kind of carnal human nature terms. If I were like, hey, Hey, how many of you guys want a million dollars? Come on. If you would like a million dollars, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Can I get a witness? Wow. So many people just got to say that's amazing. Here's the deal. Everyone's like, oh, yes, that's me. Okay, listen. What if I said, hey, 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 you get a million dollars. All you have to do, I need you to sit in this chair, and I need you to stare at that million dollars, and you cannot fall asleep for 48 hours. If you stare at that million dollars for 48 hours, sit in this chair and do not, how many of you think you could absolutely do that? For a million bucks, no problem. No problem. Come on. Yes? Come on. Million dollars? Yeah. Okay. Question, 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 question. Okay. Now I got a new question for you. Million dollars, million dollars. Uh, everybody raise your hand. Okay. Ha- okay. Here's the deal. Now, how about this? What if I told you the prize was $5,000. Not, not a million. $5,000. Come on, my son. That's some change, y'all. That's some change. You're like, you're like, man, that'll buy me a, more than one video game. Okay, listen, 5000 $5, How many of you guys would still, you'd sit in that chair and you would stare at $5,000 and you would not fall asleep for 48 hours for five grand? Matt, I got a witness back there. Oh, look at you. Oh, okay, okay. So that's pretty good. All right, I got a new question for you. Are you ready for this? What if it was only $500? Now, $500 in two days, hey, you know, you're making a living at 500 bucks every two days, okay? But I want to know, how many of you say it would be worth it? It would be worth it, and you didn't have to miss school. You didn't have to miss work. It was just 48 hours that you already had. How many of you would say, I would take $500? Come on, let me see hands. You would say, I would stay awake for 48 hours. Okay, okay, put your hands down. How many would not? You, you're like, $500, that is not worth it. All right, okay, Florin, Chris, Jim. You want to know why Jen raised her hand? She's like, because Brian bring, bring home the bacon. I don't have to worry. She's like, she's like, forget that. I'll just make Brian do it. She's like, as long as Brian's getting paid, that's all I care about. Okay, here's the deal, you guys. Okay, so we've got like a few people now that would not do it for $500. Let's bring it down. Let's bring it down to $250, all right? $250. Okay, 48 hours. Come on, 
$250. Come on, you could go to camp for 48 hours. Okay, I'm already trying to get you to go to camp. All right, how many of you would still, you have to stay awake and stare at the, at the money, stare at the prize. $250, how many of you would say, heck yes, heck yes, $250. All right, okay, now we have, okay, Autumn, you would, okay, Kristen, Chrissy, all right, okay. Chris, Chrissy's like, Chris better be getting himself a job because I'm staring at this money for 48 hours. I better be bringing it home. Okay, so how many of you would not? You're like, no way. $250, not worth it. Okay, the majority. All right, so of, of you 250 people or $250 people, all right, how many of you $250 people, you would stay awake for 48 hours and stare at the price for $100? Oh, we still have, we still have three people, four people. You're like, $100, $100, okay. Here's the point I'm trying to make tonight, everybody. Here's the point I'm trying to make. How many of you would agree with me that the patience that you have is dependent on the prize that is offered? The patience that you have is dependent on the prize that is offered. If you say $1 million, baby, you can put toothpicks in my eyes because I ain't taking my eyes off of that prize. I'm like, Nurr. You know, I, 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 it doesn't matter. You can be like, booga, booga. You know, I'm like, whatever, you know. I, I'm like, but you start getting out. Listen, the prize is only dependent, or the patience is only dependent based off the prize that is offered. And I want to show you something tonight. Paul understood the prize that was being offered. And he said, because he had, because I understand the prize, because I know that the prize is Jesus Christ, because I know that someday God's coming back to judge the living and the dead, because I know that some will be cast into eternal flames and others eternal life with the Father, because I have abundant life through Jesus Christ. Paul understood the prize, and he said, I will have as much patience as required. And so the question, you have not seen the prize of Christ. Because if you truly caught the prize, does that make sense to you? If you truly caught the prize, how amazing it was. Listen, how many of you would agree with me? If you caught one glimpse, I mean like millisecond, I mean like this, you know, I mean, I'm talking like, you know, your eyes open, your eyes closed. If you just caught a glimpse of heaven, just a glimpse of heaven, how many of you go, it's worth it? How many of you would also agree with me that if you caught a glimpse of hell just for a second, you'd say it's worth it? You want to know why people don't have patience for Christ? You want to know why they give up on the ultimate prize? It's because they have lost sight of the prize that is being offered. And all of a sudden, God says, hey, I'm here to give you eternal life. I'm here to give you, and Paul says, man, I've caught that, man. I'm going to run this race. I'm not some shadow boxer, you know, you know, have you ever seen people shadow box? They're like, they look all bad. They look like, you know, you know, and they look like they could beat anybody up, and then they get in the ring, and they're like, clack, you know, they just get knocked out. Why? They're shadow boxing. They don't know the real thing. Paul's like, Paul's like, I'm not running this race. I'm not fighting this fight like a shadow boxer. I am laying it down. I'm going MMA style. I'm going to put you in some whole devil that you cannot get out of because I see the prize. Therefore, I have patience. And friends, when you have patience, you have leverage that is a secret weapon that will help you endure to the end. Are you willing to get your eyes back on 
the prize. Let's look at this. Here we go in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is where Paul captures the prize. This is the scripture we've been on for about six weeks. And this is what he says. For the love of Christ controls us. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm, I'm starting in verse 14. This scripture is where Paul saw the price. He's like, whoa, whoa, ha, yeah. He's like, million dollars, yeah. He's like, I saw heaven, yeah, I'm going to do this. Whoa, this is what he says. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. See, he's going, he's like, hey, Corinthian people, hey, you, you people, we've concluded this. One has died for all. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for, for him who for their sake died and was raised. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. He saw the prize. He caught the glimpse. He saw heaven. For our, our illustration, he saw the million dollars. And he says, it's worth it. And friends, I'm here to tell you, your parents might say, oh, that's stupid that you believe in Jesus. Your parents might say, oh, it's crazy that you would ever consider going to church every week. Your friends might laugh at you and go, are you kidding? You go to Switch every Tuesday? And here's the deal. You need to love them, and you need to care about them, and you need to pray for them, and you need to not reject them or be mad at them. It's simply this. They have not caught the prize. They have not seen what you see. They have not noticed that God is incredible, amazing, and that eternal life is at stake. Paul says, I caught it. I got it. I'm down. You don't need to ask me twice. Can you imagine, like, everybody for a million dollars, stay awake for 48 hours, going once, going twice. Come on, no one would get to going twice. If there was an opportunity, like first person to get in this chair, has to stare at it for 48 hours, cannot fall asleep, gets a million dollars, we're going to put out this offer, going, you know, he'd get like overwhelmed with people. Paul caught it. He's like, oh, it's done. Do you see? We're talking about Jesus Christ. We're not talking about, oh, I just love this. I have patience. I will wait five hours to watch the next Twilight movie in November. It's going to be amazing. Oh, I've, I just, I've caught it. This, this, these books are just incredible. No, no, no. Paul's like, no, 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 no. This is the ultimate prize. Worth the ultimate patience. And if you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he talks about all of the pain that he, he endured. Friends, let me tell you something. The devil wants to beat you down. How many of you would know that the devil attacks people? That, that there, is, there is an attack on, from the enemy on your life. He likes to beat you down. He likes to try and beat you down. How many of you would agree with me on that? Come on, there's, there's persecution. There's, there's things that we have to endure. Listen, Paul went through all that. He was beaten. He was left for dead. He was stoned. He was, and I'm not talking about high, like people threw rocks at him, you know. Uh, and, and he went through all this. And guess what? Guess what? He was unfazed. He's like, what are you going to do, kill me? Oh, and you know what he later wrote? To live as Christ, to die as gain. You're going to kill me? You're going to kill me because I love Jesus? All right. Where, where, where's, where's, where's the guillotine? Where, you know, where, what are we doing? Are we doing a head chop? What are we doing? I'll die for Christ. Can you ima imagine that? You want to know why? Because he saw the prize. He's like, I'll do it. 
And some of you are like, oh, I don't know if I want to stay saved because I don't know if I want to keep following Christ because none of my friends are, and I don't know that many people that are Christians at my school, and it's just really hard, and I really like to party, and everyone else is going to homecoming, and they're going to do some things that I probably shouldn't do, but I don't know. And, and, and here's the deal. I would, I would like to tell you tonight, get your eyes back on the prize, and you will have the patience for the prize. Get your eyes fixed back on who Jesus is. This life is but a dressing room for eternity. This is just, this is like your internship. This is like you trying out for the job. This is nothing. This life is nothing. But if you have patience, I'm here to tell you something's great. And so this is what Paul says. Because he's seen the prize, he lived with leverage. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, says, We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us. Again, in another version, it says, We put no obstacle in anyone's way, and no one will find fault with our ministry. Verse 6, this is the theme of our, of our series. This is why we're going week by week. He says, We prove ourselves. We give ourselves leverage by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. He lists six things there. He says, listen, I've caught it. I see the prize. Therefore, I'm going to live with leverage. I'm going to run this race. Nothing's getting in my way. I'm serving God. I'm going after this. Nothing's going to slow me down. I'm going to have purity in my life because if I live impure, I'm hindering. It doesn't change the fact that Jesus is Lord, but if I live impure, it's going to hinder it's going to slow me down. It's going to slow the gospel down. I'm going to be not full of knowledge and understanding. I'm going to have patience because if I have patience, I live with a secret weapon. See, the devil goes, uh, I'm going to mess them up. I'm going to mess up David. I'm going to mess up Cameron. I'm going to mess up Olivia. I'm, going to, I'm just going to cold cock them. I'm just pat pat. They're not going to see it coming. There's gonna, there's, how many of you know that things happen in life that you never thought were going to happen? Do you know what's cool? Do you know what brings a little I'm bad to the bone smirk on your face? When the devil brings out his weaponry and all of a sudden blindsides you with life situations and circumstances and people abandoning you and things that you didn't ever want to happen to your life and the devil gives you your best his best shot and your neck just kind of goes and you just look back at him and go wrong-o you didn't know that I have the secret weapon you didn't know that I have some leverage dog I've got some patience so you can give me your best shot you can beat me down. You can make all my friends walk away from me. You can hit me with this shot or that shot, but I have leverage. I have an advantage. I can run this race, and I'm not going to slow down because I have what God's given me in patience. I've caught the prize. No little left-handed hook from the devil. No little jab from a demon. No little crisscross applesauce smack from little minion in hell is going to slow me down because I have patience and I'm not giving up because the patience is worth the prize. I've caught the prize. I've got leverage and you're never going to slow me down. I want to tell you something. It's time for some students to rise up and say, I've got some patience to endure. You know what? People come back from camp. Whoa, yeah, I'm so pumped for Jesus. Woo. And then all of a sudden, three weeks go by. They're like, oh, man, school's really tough right now. My parents are really jerks. And I don't know if I'm going to come tonight. I don't know if I'm going to serve the Lord because it's really tough right now. And all of a sudden, they're standing there like this. And I'm like, did you lose sight of the prize already? You need to get you some leverage. God wants to give you patience. 
this is not a three-part series. How to get patience. First, be patient. You know, that doesn't work, right? How do you get patience? The Lord gives it to you. How do you get purity? The Lord gives it to you. How do you get wisdom? The Lord gives it to you. All you have to do is say, God, I want to walk in your ways. I want to live with leverage. I want to close tonight with these three scriptures. Colossians chapter 1 says this. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Now look at this. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. That's a cool scripture. Come on, somebody. Listen, a quiet church is a dead church. I know I'm concluding, but I could use some amens. I could hear, I would like to hear some, I would like to hear some, wow, some, ooh, that's good. I, I would like, not at me, at the scripture. I want you to be like, that is good stuff right there. Come on. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has, quali- here's the prize, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. And we desire each one of you show the same earnestness to have full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish but imitators of those who through what faith and patience inherit the promises you know what this is right here 65 souls you know what this is this is a promise i have patience for that promise to be fulfilled I will inherit the promise. You want to know why? Because I ain't giving up. Because I can be like, what? Oh, what? 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 You think that's going to slow me down, devil? I got a phone call this week. Guess what? Oh, we got bad news. Switch is in for it because some things are going to happen. Oh, my goodness. Ah, la, 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 la. Wah, 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 wah. I got leverage. I got me some patience. I'm like, well, guess what, devil? I got me some leverage. I got me a secret weapon. I'm going to dunk on you in three seconds. You're like, Devil, you may think I only got a three-inch vertical, but I got a secret weapon that can dunk on your sorry butt, and we are going to throw down on you. Listen, there is nothing. I will inherit the promise because God's given me patience, and patience is leverage. I'm being patient with you tonight. James chapter 5. James chapter 5 verse verse 7. Be patient therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. Look, verse 8. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Listen, when when Jesus comes back and he is in all of his glory, you will be glad that you did not give up on God. You will be glad that you kept strong. You will be glad that you had the leverage of patience, that you were able to say, I will not quit. Look at me, everybody. Come on, there needs to be something inside of you that says, if everybody falls to the left and to the right, I will follow the Lord. There needs to be something inside of middle school students. Where are all my middle schoolers at? If you're a middle schooler, raise your hand real quick, real quick, real quick. Come on, put your hands down. Listen, middle school students, there needs to be something inside of you that says, even if everybody, if my family, if my friends, if everybody falls to my left and to my right, I will never, ever, ever give up on God because I see the prize. There is some, when Jesus is coming back, you will never, ever, ever regret the patience that you endured. 
There needs to be something inside of high schoolers that says, you know what? I don't care if, oh, it's not cool. Oh, we're all doing this. Oh, we're smoking out. Oh, we're hanging out. We're doing this. We're doing that. Oh, it's okay. Oh, it's stupid to just be all, I'll have all these rules in your life right now, which is a lie from the pit of hell. But there needs to be something inside of teenagers, inside some high schoolers that says, I don't care. I don't care if church is boring or church is awesome. I don't care if Switch News rocks or if they're all getting fired. I don't care. I will never, ever, 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 ever go. Go to the left or to the right. I've got patience. I'm going to endure. I'm not giving up. Amen, somebody. There needs to be something inside some 20-somethings. The thinkers. I've got some ideas. There needs to be something that rises up in the 20-somethings and says, you know what? I don't care. I don't care if I'm struggling. I don't care if I don't understand it. I don't care if it's not really you know, scratching the itch that I got, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up on God. I'm not giving up on his bride, the church. I'm not giving up. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to have patience. And when you have patience, 20-somethings, you get some leverage that is absolutely amazing. Can, can I just pick on, not pick on, literally, I, I want to I give the 20-somethings a word. Listen, there are two options when you reach your 20s. When you get into your 20s, there are two options. You can have patience or you can have critical a critical spirit. You can just start kind of having opinions and thoughts, and I got this. And are you filled with faith and encouragement because you've got patience to endure? Or are you all of a sudden picking apart everything wrong that you see? I'm here to call you to have the spirit of patience in you because it will give you leverage to endure. And with you, keep your eyes on the prize. I'm telling you, you will know it's worth it. The patience is worth the prize. Imagine the leverage of the person who doesn't quit. Imagine the legacy the people will leave behind, the people that never quit. Imagine what happens when we never give up. Imagine the stories that will be told of the people who endured. The prize is worth the patience. Jason, could you come up here? I just want to, I want to close tonight's service. And I want to tell you, you know what? Here's the bottom line. I, I want to do, uh, uh, let's just kind of go into that same kind of uh, music we were doing before. Here's the bottom line, you guys. Uh, two questions, two types of people that, that, that might be here tonight. These are, I pray, God, how do you want to respond? How do you want us to respond to this? And I've got, I've got two different questions for you. Maybe you're the kind of person, you've become sluggish or you've become, uh, uh, you've lost patience with your calling. There's a call of God on your life. There's someone spoken a prophetic word over you. Someone called you and, and let you know something. Someone's spoken over you. Do you know that, that I spoke a prophetic word over Olivia uh, a couple years ago? Olivia did not love Jesus at the time. In fact, hate might be a, a good word. If anything, there was bitterness. There was anger, frustration, sadness inside of Olivia. And right back there, right behind Matt, or right behind Mike, uh, there was this, she was standing back there, and she hadn't been coming for months. She hadn't been coming. She came back, and she was mad. She was mad the whole service. And when I talked to her before service, she's like, well, if people cared more, and blah, 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 and I, and all that, and, and she, was, she was upset. And I'm like, all right, and, and all throughout service, you know, she's just kind of, don't worry, there's a good ending to this story. <laughs> I went back and I spoke over Olivia. God gave me a word for her. There's a calling of God on her life. I said, Olivia, not only are you going to make it, but you're going to be an 
incredible woman of God. This is in the midst of her valley. I said, you're going to be an incredible woman of God. And I've never said this about anybody else, but I believe, Olivia, that you're going to marry a man of God, and you are going to be lifelong friends with Jennifer and I. We are going to be lifelong friends, and we're going to serve the Lord together. I've never given that word over anybody else, but I felt it in my spirit, in the valley. And do you know what Olivia did? She was just like, she was overwhelmed. She was just like, I don't know. I, I, she didn't really receive it. How many of you know whether you receive it or not, God has a call on your life? You know what? Eventually, guess what happened? Olivia saw the light. Olivia got her eyes back on the prize. And now Olivia is going to our leadership retreat next weekend. Olivia is a life group leader. Olivia has given her testimony. Olivia didn't, Olivia, during the summertime, she'd only been back for a little while. And she's like, I want to be a leader, Pastor Brian. And I'm like, okay, just love Jesus the whole day today, you know. And I'm like, you know, and, and, and love Jesus tomorrow too, you know. And, and this summer, she's like, I will. And I said, Olivia, listen, you don't need the title of a leader. You just need to live like a leader. And you know what she did? She took that. And during the fireworks season, you know what she did? She wasn't a leader. She wasn't on you staff. She wasn't getting camp paid for her because she was a, in, a, in leadership. But you know what she did? She came to that firework tent. She stood at the entrance and she handed out baskets. Hour after hour after hour after hour, day after day after day. Why? Because in her heart, she had seen the pride. She said, I'm going to live like a leader. I'm not a leader. In fact, I wasn't even living for Jesus two months ago. But you know what? I've seen the price. The patience is worth the price. And she waited, handed out a basket. Fireworks season came and went. Olivia, there she is, excited, passionate about God. No title. No recognition from me. I never, never mentioned her. Never said, oh, come on, Olivia. Hey, I got plans for you. Never mentioned. I just said, live like a leader. She just kept doing it. She kept doing it. Kept serving God. Kept showing up. Kept, kept getting excited for the things of God. And guess what? Calling of God was on her life when she was in the valley. And guess what? Now God has enabled her and strengthened her and given her leverage to run the race. And now here she is. I'm proud of you, Olivia. I'm proud of you to speak it on the microphone. I'm proud of it for everyone listening to hear it. I'm proud of it that this message is going on the internet, on our podcast, that people will hear about some girl named Olivia who is living with leverage because she endured. There's a calling of God on your life as well. And I could sit down. I could pick you out make you smile and blush. I could call Ryan out. I could call Austin. I could pick on Michaela because I always pick on Michaela. (laughs) But let me tell you something. Ryan, Austin, Michaela, you all have callings on your life. Here's my question. Have you gotten sluggish with your calling? Have you kind of lost sight of it and said, all this word of the Lord stuff, I'm I'm just going to go to school today, okay? I'm just going to, like, try and not yell at my parents. I'm just going to try to, like, not do something horrible. Forget the calling. Why do you forget the calling? Because your eyes get off the prize. 
Because when your eyes are on the prize, the patience is worth the prize.